This podcast is sponsored by iRead, a flexible nonprofit reading program designed by librarians, featuring appealing incentives, compelling and adaptable themes, and a comprehensive resource guide full of ideas. Romance is so hugely popular, but partly its popularity is part of the reason that it's looked down on. People think romance is trashy books for dumb people when nothing could actually be further from the truth. Welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, your host from the Public Library Association. Today, we're joined by Lori Lieberman, a teacher librarian at Lincoln High School in Portland, Oregon. Lori will be offering a program at the upcoming PLA conference titled Read Romance slash Fight Patriarchy. Welcome, Lori. We're eager to dive into the fascinating world of romance literature with you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Romance, often dubbed the most popular genre and a billion-dollar industry, paradoxically faces stigma, leading patrons to be unjustly shamed for their reading preferences. Can you talk a little bit about this? How popular is this genre, and why does the stigma persist? Romance books are the most popular books in the United States. It's the best-selling book genre. It's the highest-earning genre of fiction. There were 39 million printed units sold in 2023, $1.44 billion in romance book sales in 2022. Overall, book sales are declining, but romance book sales continue to rise. And romance is so hugely popular, but partly its popularity is part of the reason that it's looked down on. It's not literary fiction, obviously, and it's easy to make fun of romance. The old school bodice ripper covers with Fabio with the wind blowing in the hair. It's easy to poke fun at that. People think romance is trashy books for dumb people when nothing could actually be further from the truth. In the description for the program that you are holding at PLA 2024, you share that the genre is not only vital, but also inherently feminist. Can you talk a little bit about this idea? How does this genre fight patriarchy? So romance books are primarily written by women for women and centered on women. The books are centered on women's pleasure. They're also centered on issues that concern women like consent, family, work-life balance, gender roles, etc., And because romance novels put the heroine at the center of the story, her journey and her thoughts and feelings are the primary focus. Today's romance books primarily feature heroines who are strong and powerful and independent. At least those are the ones that I like to read. And romance celebrates that female power. Reading about empowered women is a way to fight the patriarchy. Publishing is primarily run by men, and so romance has always been pushed to the side, which is why a lot of authors choose to go the independent publishing route. You know, people are ashamed to read romance, and so that's why as ebooks and audiobooks have exploded, it's a lot easier to be reading a romance without carrying around the romance cover. That's a rarity in the world of popular fiction that um, an independent author breaks out, but it seems like it's more feasible in the romance world or that it happens more often in the romance world. It's been happening a lot. Independent authors who I've discovered who I was reading on like perhaps Kindle Unlimited or some other platform. And all of a sudden, they're mainstream, and I see their books in my independent bookstores, which is, you know, really fascinating. So they're getting book deals after they've, you know, maybe published. Like an example would be the author Lucy Score. I've been reading her books for years, but she's now on the New York Times bestseller list and has her books in all the bookstores. I'm intrigued to hear about the Romance Book Club at Lincoln High School. Can you share some highlights with us? 
The Romance Book Club is one of my favorite things about my job here at Lincoln. A couple students found out that I read romance and they also read romance and they're like, can we start a romance book club? So we went to our principal. We wanted to not just read YA romance. We also wanted to read adult romance and she gave us the go ahead. So we started in early 2020 and our first book was Red, White and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston, which won ALA Alex Award. The highlights of the Romance Book Club is pretty much a lot of the author visits that we've had. We've had virtual author visits with Madeline Miller, Casey McQuinston, Aaron Hahn, Rachel Lynn Solomon. A real biggie was in 2022, we had a virtual visit with Julia Quinn, the author of the Bridgerton series, and it was right before season two of Bridgerton was coming out on Netflix. Julia Quinn says no to about 99% of things that she gets asked to do, but her publicist told us that it's very hard to say no to a 17-year-old who runs a romance book club. And my students had really great questions for her. They had lots of questions about, you know, why in her books, the Bridgerton world, why everyone is so white, why it's all Mm -hmm. heteronormative, cisgender. They had lots of good questions for her. So it was, you know, it was really interesting. We've also had some in-person events with local authors like Aidan Thomas and Allison Cochran. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have another virtual visit with author Lynn Painter, who I've been following her career for a very long time, and I'm super excited for that. She has both YA and adult books. So the Romance Book Club is just really great. It's super fun. The kids come. We usually pick an adult and a YA book to read for the month. And then we get together at the end of the month and we talk about it. They've shown movies. They've done all sorts of different events. And I'm sure they're going to plan something big for Valentine's Day, but I don't know what. Is it a range of ages? I have three seniors who run it this year and there's freshmen who show up. We had over 100 kids sign up at the club fair in the fall. And I think our first meeting, we had 80 students. It was standing room only in the library classroom. It was crazy. It was really, really fun. If any of our listeners are thinking they might want to start a romance book club, what are some tips you can share? I would say just start one. Just start talking about romance. I mean, romance readers love to talk about what they're reading. I mean, look at all the podcasts that are focused on romance books and the romance books that are just exploding on book talk. So even if you start with just a handful of people, it will grow and people will come as they realize that it's a safe space to talk about all the weird and wonderful facets of the genre. This podcast is sponsored by iRead, a flexible nonprofit reading program designed by librarians for librarians, featuring appealing incentives, compelling and adaptable themes, and a comprehensive resource guide full of ideas. Every year, we work with at least three, often more, artists to create unique, engaging, and beautiful art for you to use for summer reading, winter reading, year-round reading, or whatever you can imagine for everyone from babies to adults. There are no membership fees, contracts, or commitments necessary. iRead is flexible. You can use the art in perpetuity after purchase. We provide theme templates for any commonly used registration software package. We have a proven track record of success since 1982. Visit www.ireadprogram.org to view our materials, browse or search for incentives, access the online store, connect with us on social media, and learn more about this program. Or contact us at iread at ila.org. And to start a book club at the library, librarians would have to broaden their understanding of the romance genre. Can you talk a little bit about key terminology and maybe highlight some beginner tips? The definition of a romance is it has to end happily. So an HEA is your happily ever after. 
You also have an HFN, which could be happily for now. So maybe, you know, they're not riding off into the sunset, but like for at that point, things are good for your couple or throuple or however many people are in your romance book. Mm-hmm. RWA refers to Romance Writers of America, which has had some controversial issues. And then there's Romance Landia. So Romance Landia is a website, it's a Twitter, but it's really the community of romance readers, and they are a real force to be reckoned with. People talk about bonkers in romance. So a bonkers romance refers to some books that take a really big swing, like have some real out there content. Things like Ice Planet Barbarians, which is really huge. It's a 22, maybe 23 book sci-fi alien series authored by Ruby Dixon, and it has a huge following on book talk. And then there's doors in romance. You've got the open door, and the closed door, and the the doors refer to the bedroom door. So in an open door romance, the reader goes into the bedroom with a couple, and what happens there can vary from a little bit of spicy to a whole lot of spicy. And in a closed door romance, you do not enter the bedroom with the couple. A lot of those romances are referred to the term sweet or wholesome. Thinking about a public library's basic romance collection, what should a well-rounded romance collection encompass? Well, librarians need to be aware that romance has a lot of subgenres. There's dark romance, suspense, inspirational, historical, paranormal. There's so much more than just the popular contemporary rom-coms by Emily Henry and Allie Hazelwood, which of course are flying off the shelves. There's lots of old school romance titles that are still great, although some are real problematic with their lack of consent. Also, don't forget that there's a lot of YA romance, which is exploding on the scene. And romance readers, you know, like what they like. So I know some people who only read monster romance or only read suspense romance or only read romances that feature motorcycle club romance. So people have their little niche. They like what they like. And how can libraries ensure that their romance collections authentically represent diverse voices and experiences? And what strategies would you recommend for librarians to provide a more inclusive reading experience within the genre? For eager librarians to educate themselves, Romance Landia and Romance Authors do a really great job of promoting diverse voices. Last year, there was the 23 for 23 challenge. It was spearheaded by Adriana Herrera, Nikki Payne, and Nisha Sharma, who are some romance authors that I love. And they encourage romance readers to read 23 books by BIPOC authors about BIPOC characters before the end of 2023. There's no reason that you can't keep up the challenge in 2024. And if you Google hashtag 23 for 23, you will find a wealth of information that features BIPOC authors with diverse voices and experiences. In your role at Lincoln High School, have you noticed any specific instances or anecdotes that underscore the positive influence of incorporating romance literature into the educational environment, both in terms of student engagement and broader cultural awareness? Well, I will say that fewer of the English teachers make derisive comments about romance anymore because my students in the club will defend romance forever. Last year, I had a student who was one of my library aides. He was a senior. As a library aide, you have to read a book every month and then write me a letter about what you thought about the book. And so his last book of the year in May, he said, you know what, I'm going to read one of your romance books. And the one that he picked up was It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey, which is a very graphic adult romance book. This was not an avid reader, but he read that book over the weekend. And when he came back on Monday, he said, you know, I really feel like there must be another book featuring some other characters like this other guy and this sister. And I'm like started laughing because yes, there's a sequel. I can give you that sequel. And he was clamoring for it. And I immediately hooked him up with that. You know, a kid who did not like to read, but he scratched an itch with that romance book. It was a real success story. 
Well, thank you, Lori, for sharing all of this information. Are there any last thoughts you'd like to share or reading recommendations? Just that romance today is so much more than the latest Emily Henry rom-com or Colleen Hoover angst fest. I particularly love anything by authors Alexis Hall, Chloe Lees, Tessa Dare, Talia Hibbert. There's so much great romance coming out all the time, and I'm super excited. I'm constantly updating my reading list that I'll be sharing at PLA. It's going to be super fun. That was Lori Lieberman, teacher librarian at the Lincoln High School in Portland, Oregon. If you are headed to PLA 2024, you won't want to miss her program, Read Romance slash Fight Patriarchy. It will be held on Friday, April 5th at 3.30 p.m. Visit placonference.org for more details. This podcast was sponsored by iRead, a flexible nonprofit reading program designed by librarians for librarians, featuring appealing incentives, compelling and adaptable themes, and a comprehensive resource guide full of ideas. Visit www.ireadprogram.org for more information. Visit publiclibrariesonline.org to hear more FYI podcasts. Thanks for listening.